You're listening to ReachMD, and this is Lipid Lumination, sponsored by the National Lipid Association. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Brown, and with me today is Dr. Julie St. Pierre, who is Professor of Pediatrics at Sherbrooke University in Canada, Fellow and Chairman of the Healthy Living Communication Committee at the American Heart Association, as well as a Fellow and Member of the Cardiovascular Disease of the Young and Obesity Committees. So today we're going to be discussing the Canadian perspective of pediatric lipid disorders. Um, having had an uncle in Canada, he did have a few different perspectives than I had. He was a judge in, in uh, Toronto many years ago. But uh, I, I think it's an interesting topic. What would be different about the Canadian perspective versus our perspective? And as usual, you're probably far advanced over what we're doing here. Um, actually, in Canada, what is very different, I think, it's uh, the high prevalency of certain uh, dyslipidemias, especially uh, familial hypercholesterolemia and other triglycerides, uh, rarer disease. Uh, so um, it's in certain regions, uh, especially where I do practice, uh, the, there is up to one out of 50 uh, uh, as a frequency uh, of hypercholesterolemia, uh, the familial uh, disease. So that, that brings up to 6,000 people around uh, my area that are affected by the, the genetic disease. And it is uh, so prevalent that uh, the costs also uh, that are associated with the complications, as you know, uh, myocardial infarction or cerebrovascular disease uh, are very high. So, so we, we are trying as much as possible to prevent by finding those people in the population. And we, we do not have a population screening program. We, we, we do have to inform our GPs and, and educate them to find those patients and to prevent. So it's really the French-Canadian population, the so-called founder effect, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think you know it's something we talk about a lot, but it's fascinating because in the U.S. we think we have 1 in 250 to 1 in 300 patients with familial hypercholesterolemia which to me still sounds like a lot of patients, and yet it is. we haven't focused <laughs> on it to the point where our primary care doctors yeah. know the diagnosis, and yeah. even a lot of our cardiologists still yeah. haven't had the uptake. So I'm very interested in hearing yeah. how you tackle such a problem. And uh, Well, the battle right now, it's more with the pediatricians because and the GPs that are receiving in first line uh, the kids. We are trying to have them as informed as, as they can so they can screen uh, as young as two years old to find those patients. Because we have very nice data uh, from uh, Europe that says that if you detect early and you treat them early uh, and this is the work of John Castelline very <laughs> worldwide uh, known uh, that if you treat them as young as possible you're gonna reach a normal survival uh, rate of life right so I'm very interested then um, when you have that kind of a high prevalence what kind of, how do you get the word out to the pediatricians? In this country, I think uh, 
sometimes the pediatricians are just so uncomfortable with thinking about statins, even though we yeah. we, we start at eight or nine years old. Yeah, uh, and that un- is a myth, you know. Uh, yeah. we, we have great data uh, now that support that statins are very safe in kids. And, you know, they, they, a lot of people kept in mind, you know, probably when they did med school, that there was some concern about bone maturation and Finally, you know, the group that was treated in a very high number of patients, actually, they were taller. (laughs) So uh, maybe it's a matter of inflammation that is less present in the kids. But, you know, there there are some hypotheses that support that. But it is, you know... It's a myth, and we, we need to, to, you know, reverse the education that was made 15 years ago about that. So my guess is if you have a 1 in 50 incidence as opposed to our yeah. 1 in 250, as embarrassing as it is for us, you, in Canada you've probably got better methods to get the word out. So can you tell us a little bit about well, what you're doing to make sure the pediatricians and even the internists and cardiologists are aware of the disorder? We have a nice tribune uh, at the uh, national meeting of pediatricians, so uh, they are aware uh, and and you know of the con- consequences that that we have in the adult population. So, so it's I think it's the best way to do it. It's to be present in those meetings and you know have workshops and and you know, answer the, the, the physician's questions about, you know, statins and, and screening and insurance and and all that. So we do that in different provinces also. And what is very nice is you have the uh, FH Foundation in the U.S., but in Canada what we did, it's a little bit different. It's the Canadian uh, FH Networks, and it's a huge... Also, database that we are trying to uh, to to uh, build with Health, you know, Health Canada, and to learn from that. So, so um, I think the the, the physicians uh, feel it is very safe because we we have such a great organization, and that is the work of Jacques Genet uh, from uh, Montreal. So, so with with this huge network, you know that is present on different social medias also uh it's it 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 gives uh some credibility i think to our physicians and they see that you know there there are a whole bunch of you know lipidologists pediatricians that are part of it and that make sure that what we are saying it it's very safe and away from any commercial bs right so let me, let me ask you then, uh, has, has there been any thought, considering the high prevalence, to screen ch- children in school, for example? Uh, we would love to do that because I think, uh, as, as you may be aware of, uh, it's, it's difficult just with a, a cutoff of LDL to, to, to find everyone. Sometime uh, recently at the uh, ACC, we, we, we saw that, you know, we are missing uh, people that are at very high risk and that they have mutation uh, in their uh, DNA. So 
we would love to do it, but right now we do do not have enough data to support universal screening. So so we did uh, cascade screening instead. But the the families are very well educated in the lipid clinics, so they are very good uh, <laughs> screener. Uh, in their uh, families, so they have the responsibility to bring the information uh, in their family and to to ask them to come to the clinic. So we, it's free. They they can have a blood uh, a blood uh, shot and, and have a, a fasting uh, lipid profile that is uh, that is uh, seen by a, a lipidologist. Let me ask you, uh, since you get on the topic of uh, genetic mutations, we struggle here in the States with insurance coverage for mm-hmm. genetic testing. Dr. Castelline doesn't have that problem. How about in Canada, if you decide that uh, you should be doing genetic testing on a patient, is it paid for, number one? And number two, how often are you ordering, actually, uh, well, genetic testing? We 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 have a, a free healthcare system, so... It's the genetic testing is free. It's paid by uh, Canada and every provinces. So uh, the 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 mutations, um, you know, in as a matter of of insurers, uh, sometimes the what I've seen is that the 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 you know rise up the price of the uh, insurance, but uh, you know every every time and my colleagues are doing the same thing we are calling back writing to them and showing that the patient is compliant to the medication has a healthy uh, living and that is risk being being you know very well managed is the same as the other population yeah that's such an important point for the listeners is that you know if you inherit FH the risk Mm -hmm. is from not treating 20, 22 times the risk, but if you treat the patient, your numbers are well controlled, yeah. especially if you catch them at, in childhood, yeah. right? And the problem is that our physicians, uh, you know, it's it's a, sometimes it's a lack of, of medical education. They, they don't know that in Canada, we have up to 60% of our patients that do not reach the goals. So I think in the U.S. it's it's a, about the same thing. So we we really need to reach uh, those goals, especially for the patients that you m- may have uh, uh, an insurance uh, uh, rise rising price. Yeah. So I mean, this is one of those things where these are the hardest patients to treat. You're starting out with LDLs 190, 200, 230, and uh, sometimes maximum maximum statin plus mm-hmm. azetamibe you still don't get there yeah. now you know we're adding pcsk9s and going through a little in this country it's a little bit yeah. of an adventure to try and get those approved even for the fh patients it's uh, the same thing i i mean it's always a a matter of how how many how much time you you will spend on the phone you know because uh, with my my experience so far with uh, pcsk k9 uh, inhibitors i have a whole bunch of patients that are using uh, this medication because i see also adults so uh, those those patients the the they are reimbursed if you spend some time over the phone to to explain the importance of reaching the goals for those patients 
If you're just tuning in, you're listening to ReachMD. I'm Dr. Alan Brown, and I'm speaking with Dr. Julie St. Pierre, who's a professor of pediatrics at Sherbrooke University in Canada, and uh, have a special interest in lipid disorders, particularly familial hypercholesterolemia. So, um, let's talk a little bit about uh, if you had your druthers. I see that you're working with the Heart Association and other organizations. We kind of brought up the statin safety issue and you pointed out that uh, there's been several studies yeah. that over eight years old that showed that the patients, the kids do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in your wildest dreams, uh, with such a high population of FH, what would be your approach to the pediatric population? But You, you pointed out the same issue that we have, that trying to teach doctors, how do you, how do you reach them all? Mm-hmm. And I- sometimes the patients drive the screening because they come to you and they they're worried about their family exactly should we be going through healthcare professionals or should we be on a public campaign i think we should be on a public campaign uh, and and i think that universal screening uh should be done you know before entering school because you know since two years old you you can make a difference you know you can reduce fat from milk that parents are giving to their children and also you know work on on the diet so so I think in my wildest dreams uh, I, I would love to have universal screening before entering school and and the other thing is that uh, we are entering with social media as a, a new area uh, of of how to reach our doctors and keep them informed and, and you know actually also the patients are getting more educated uh, on the disease because of that phenomena so so i think uh we need to have campaigns uh over twitter over linkedin over uh also uh, facebook to, to reach, you know, uh, all our doctors and to, to educate them on how to at least identify those patients and, you know, know the cut-off values of LDL cholesterol that they should suspect a, a genetic uh, disease under, uh, under this value. So you did mention that, of course, we have the FH Foundation, which is a mm-hmm. patient-driven organization. Yeah. And once I see a patient with FH... I encourage them to join the FH mm-hmm. Foundation. Is there something similar in Canada once you see a patient that you can steer them to that's a sort of a patient focus? Not yet. And I think you are very lucky to have this foundation in the U.S. And if we compare with, with other uh, disease, cystic fibrosis has a similar approach in the U.S. And it's very interesting because the foundation... Um, in cystic fibrosis is working very close to doctors and and researchers. Actually, they are invited to the annual meeting. So I think that would be interesting to to develop, especially at the HA or the NLA, uh, a special activity with the uh, FH Foundation to to bring you know this uh, this collaboration 
more and and to, to I, I think that seeing those patients and the passion that they have to, to raise funds and to support each other, it gives also uh, a lot of inspiration <laughs> to doctors to, to find those patients and to, to do some prevention. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I can tell you that NLA would probably be very interested, and yeah. I have no doubts the FH Foundation would be thrilled to expand I'm to sure. the Canadian population. We could certainly reach a lot more patients in need. So that I, would that's be something great. that I would challenge you through yeah. your Actually, the president, she came uh, She came uh, two years ago in Canada, just before we, we published our Canadian guidelines. Uh, we asked her... Uh, her uh, point of view and 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 it was important for us uh, as a, a panel uh, a panel of authors to 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 know exactly uh, what they were uh, you know experiencing with this uh, foundation in in the US so one of our recommendation in the guidelines is to 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 be closer to our patients and, and to bring such an association in Canada. Well, thank you so much. I wish we had more time, but I really appreciate your insights. It was my great pleasure. And I think, you know, I appreciate your involvement in the NLA. I think we can learn a lot from you because we have the same issues. We don't quite have the same incidents here, but it's still an unbelievably high incidence. And despite being the most common inherited metabolic disorder, it's one of the least diagnosed. Yeah. And that's a source of frustration even on this side of the border. I'm Dr. Alan Brown. You've been listening to Lipid Illumination, sponsored by the National Lipid Association on ReachMD. Please visit ReachMD.com slash lipids where you can listen to this podcast as well as many others in this series. And please make sure to leave your comments when you do so and share those comments with others. We certainly welcome your feedback. Uh, Thanks again for listening, and I'm your host, Dr. Alan Brown.